Welcome back to Truck Tech. This is Alan Adler, the Midwest Bureau Chief for FreightWaves. Glad to have you back with us for our second episode. Today, we're going to talk with Rebecca Brewster, who is the President and Chief Operating Officer of the American Transportation Research Institute, continuing a discussion that we really started last week on the product side of electrification with John O'Leary from Daimler Truck. We're going to get a little deeper into that subject, but first, a few headlines. Wabash is announcing today that it is moving ahead on its plans to smooth out some of those boom and bust cycles in the equipment industry. The idea being that it will now have a 10-year agreement to supply trailers to J.B. Hunt. This agreement could cover up to 15, excuse me, 150,000 trailers over the next decade. This is something that CEO uh, Brent Yagi has talked about really on earnings calls for most of the last year. And this is the an example of how Wabash wants to sort of book its business and keep it steady over time and, and wash out some of those boom and bust things that, that we see so often in equipment. We also have some news from Volterra, the startup that is a, uh, a, a trucking as a service, excuse me, a, a, a charging as a service business. They are going to uh, partner with Amerit uh, to provide maintenance for the uh, charging sites that they're going to build around the country. Not much of that is in place yet, but they are clearly putting together some of the plans that they need. And I think the idea for them is to just get everything in place. They have the money, and that's probably the biggest part of this. Last uh, last Friday in the Truck Tech newsletter, we, we mentioned briefly that Mack Truck uh, was getting a little bit of pushback on its ability to... Uh, to do what it could with um, snow plows made out of electric trucks that it, it sold or selling to New York for uh, refuse or, or trash hauling. Um, all of the other diesel powered trucks that uh, that that uh, New York uses double as snow plows. They've tried that with the test truck that uh, that they got from Mac. Found that the battery power really didn't hold up all that well. Um, so now, and, and Mac knew that, but uh, so now the idea is that they will probably be used principally for trash hauling, which New York says it loves that because of that regenerative braking and the opportunity to keep those uh, trucks recharged as they go about their business. We'll see over time whether, uh, you know, uh, more dense battery uh, power will allow these trucks to be used for that. Um, Max says it thinks the next generation battery could could do well at that, but it still won't reach the 12 hours that the uh, diesel truck can provide for snow plowing. So, you know, we're starting to see some limits on 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 some of the electric trucks. And, and this is not an indictment of any kind. It just, it's a reality. And so charging it goes. So here we go. Today, we want to talk, as I said, with Rebecca Brewster. The American Transportation Research Institute came out with a study in December that really raised some eyebrows. Um, and, and the reason it did it is because Rather than just talk about how many charges are needed and things like that, it really got into some of the deeper parts of what is needed for electrification, especially if you try to get to the entirety of the trucking population. Rebecca, welcome to Truck Tech. Great to have you. Thanks, Alan. It's great to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about our newest research. Yeah, and research is your business. You've been at this 30 years, by the way. Congratulations. I had no idea you had been in the role that long. Congratulations on that. It is uh, it is interesting. And I, I want to give you just a moment to tell us a little bit about Atria. I think our, our audience knows about it and certainly has heard of it. Uh, 
certainly through your uh, top critical issues, your top 10 critical issues list that you put out every year. Uh, but I think it's interesting to know a little bit more about what you do and you know the results that you've seen. Absolutely, Alan. So ATRI is the trucking industry's not-for-profit research organization. And we rely on the input of an external body we call our research advisory committee. And it is made up of uh, trucking industry uh, representatives from fleets, large and small, from trucking industry suppliers, law enforcement, government, driver groups, both OIDA and the Teamsters are represented on the rack. We've got truck stop operators, truck driver training schools. And this very diverse group of trucking industry stakeholders is charged with annually identifying the industry's top research needs. So all of the research that you are familiar with from ATRI generated from identification as a priority topic by our research advisory committee. One of the things, of course, they rely on each year is that critical issues survey that we do and release every October because that is the industry at large saying these are our issues of concern and these were these are the topics we think need to be studied in more detail. Yeah, so I wouldn't say that the title of your latest research exactly rolls off the tongue. Uh, what, what is it? It's um, it, it is the charging infrastructure challenge for the U.S. electric vehicle fleet. But we won't we won't deduct style points here. I think the important thing is that the title and the sixty three pages that follow it really reflects the weightiness of the subject. We don't have time to discuss everything in the research, but there are four or five areas I hope we could get into, uh, really beginning with uh, not just how many chargers the industry would need to electrify all the trucks out there, but how they would be used. So uh, let's talk about this uh, briefly, if you can bring up uh, table 20, and uh, let's start here. Yes, so we used a number of publicly available data sets to identify the population of vehicles if the U.S. were to transition its entire heavy-duty truck fleet uh, to electric vehicles, and that's looking at about 2.925 million um, combination trucks. And then we looked at um, battery capacity and range of the batteries and how far those vehicles could operate. Ultimately, to get to this um, matrix here that you see, and um, if every charger was used once per day, we'd need 1.6 million chargers. And it takes about, on average, about 3.4 hours to, to do that um, direct current fast charging for those heavy duty vehicles. You start to expand that out for the population because you're gonna want to be able to use that charger more than one charge per day. And so for instance, um, if you could get five charges per day out of a charger, around the country, each charger around the country, you would still need 320,000 chargers. And they come at a high cost, Alan, but but you think about that and you think about the um, conundrum of having hours of service rules. So a driver pulls up to one of these chargers and they're going to log off now while their vehicle charges. Um, they cannot start their vehicle again until uh, they have gotten their mandated rest. So. You, it would take a lot of very efficient scheduling of those chargers to get that five charges per vehicle out of each one. Yeah, so there's also, you, you referenced it, but there's also the cost involved. That's kind of on the on the next chart, uh, bring that up 22. Um, that gets at, at sort of, you know, what's beyond this. Right, and, and this is no small undertaking. I mean, quite frankly, just thinking about those um, five daily charging events per charger as, a, as an example, 
we estimated a cost using, again, publicly available data with an average about $112,000 per charger. Those charging units, if we could get five charges per unit, would be about $35.9 billion, $35.9 billion to build the infrastructure, if you will, just to charge the nation's combination truck fleet uh, on a daily basis. So what we're getting at basically is that this is not going to be uh, an easy task, nor is it going to be inexpensive. You know, we're going to get into some other charts here that, that look at sort of spreading this out because the electric grid is is connected in various ways. I didn't put that in here. It was quite honestly, it was a little bit like your, remember your spaghetti chart when you talk about the uh, uh, down in Atlanta? Uh, that's what that chart reminded me of. So it's not here, but there is one that I want to bring up next. Which um, which gets at, at at really sort of the the truck battery uh, graphic. Um, you know, we the, the truck industry truck industry refers to cargo with terms like way out or weight out and cube out. And the next slide, this battery truck battery graphic kind of gets right right to the heart of this. Can you bring that up? Yeah. Okay. It does, so, Alan. so what we see here, I want yeah. Go ahead, Rebecca. I want you to describe what we're looking at. Well, so so basically, this is what the industry is facing. Um, it, if you have a lighter battery, you're going to have less range out of that battery and it's going to cost less. But as you move uh, to the right there, as you get a heavier battery, that's going to allow that, particularly that over the road vehicle to have a longer range per charge. One, you're going to significantly increase the cost of that vehicle, but probably most impactful is that increased battery weight is going to decrease uh, the available revenue weight that you can carry in that truck. And so if we're going to fully electrify the nation's uh, truck fleet, we're going to need more of those battery electric vehicles to haul the same amount of freight. So, uh, you know, it is, a, it is a, a difficult position that the industry is in because we want to have enough range uh, out of the battery to be able to operate long haul, to be able to make sense of a driver's utilization within the current uh, hours of service rules. But the more weight you put on that truck in terms of the battery, the less cargo capacity you have for that freight. Okay, so we've got a, we, it brings to mind a current, I would say so far unresolved question of the Tesla Semi. It claims a 500 mile range between chargings. Um, they proved they can do that, but that appears to be with a cubed out load, literally of Fritos rather than a more dense load of you know Pepsi six packs. Um, it, that's really what we're talking about is how to get at some of these uh, real life issues, right? I mean, you know, what are we going to use these trucks for? How long are we going to run them? Where are we going to take them? Things like that. Absolutely. And, and borrowing from some research that we released earlier in 22, looking at um, the full CO2 emissions impacts of, of different um, vehicle types, zero emission vehicle types, we calculated a, a revenue weight loss coming from a, a fully electrified battery electric truck at about 13,000, almost 14,000 pounds um, of lost uh, revenue weight out of that vehicle based on the weight of the battery. And so again, to haul the same amount of freight in those trucks, assuming there's no increase in freight demand, which we know there's gonna be. So to haul just the same amount of freight, you're gonna have to have more of those expensive battery electric vehicles to keep up with freight demand. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. 
and they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Well, and, and, you know, we know we get... We know we get an additional 2,000 pound allowance in, in some states, I think even federally to offset battery. But even with that, this sacrifice in the cargo in cargo appears pretty big. It, it does. And and to your reference earlier of, of Fritos versus Pepsi, I mean, you think about all the commodities that are hauled by truck and you think about, for instance, um, flatbed operations that are hauling very uh, heavy uh, equipment that is going to be impacted because there are so many factors that go into battery range. Um, Obviously, cargo weight is one of them, but the temperature where you operate that vehicle, hot temperatures, really extremely cold temperatures, wind, um, terrain, a whole different, a whole host of variables go into the range of that battery. And so all of this is going to go into how far that vehicle can operate between charges, how many of those vehicles we need to haul the same amount of freight. So it is not an easy a simple answer to uh, solve at this point. Yeah. So, okay. Next chart is one that comes closest, I'm afraid, to getting us into the weeds, but I, it's electric consumption is important. And the numbers that we're going to show now may not be memorable, um, no quizzes today, but they, but they go to one of the headlines of the study, and that's that an all-electric fleet would demand about 10% of the nation's available grid electricity. Um, show that, please. It, it, it does. And, and you know, when you think about the headline grabbing stories we hear out of certain states where um, governors are asking folks to, to lower their uh, electricity usage be, so that they don't have to have rolling uh, brownouts or or we have blackouts because the grid uh, gets overtaxed. And now you looked at just the, the heavy duty vehicle fleet based on our calculations, would use about 10% of the nation's current electricity consumption. Yeah. And that's something that I, I don't know if I can get my arms around it, honestly. And I, and I want to be careful here, Rebecca, because we're not trying to be a downer on electrification, right? What you've done in, in this study is just point up some of the things that, well, at least from my mind, I hadn't seen this before. This was new and it was something that I think you know, maybe caused a bit of a, 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 like if I splashed in the face with water and said, look at this, you know, you really need to pay some attention here. I, I think, I, I think that the, um, you know, the, the state by state, uh, how this plays out state by state across the country and, and, and the, the next uh, table two, you see that the darkest green states are the ones where demand is greatest because I, I guess the grid is just ro- less robust here. Right. So to get to this calculation, Alan, we looked at the truck VMT, vehicle miles traveled per state, relative to their current electricity consumption and how much of that state's electricity generation or consumption uh, just a fully electrified vehicle fleet would be. Um, And and you do see differences. Some states have a more robust grid, while others, uh, it would take a lot more of their current electricity generation. So again, you have to think about what does this mean nationally? Of course, 10% of the electricity consumption, but but even at a state level, it is in many cases as high as 50 or more percent of the current state's electricity generation. And so, we and you're right, we weren't attempting to splash water on this issue because it is a very important topic. We just wanted to bring data to the story so that people really understand what a challenge this is for the industry and for the nation. 
Yeah, I think I think finally, Rebecca. There, I'm sorry. I, I think finally, there's a um, there's a consideration here, and this is something that you have studied before, and that's this issue. Uh, really, one of the greatest challenges to trucking, and that's adequate parking. Um, at night or when, you know, when, when their eight hours of service is out. Uh, when you add electrification and the need for chargers where drivers would stop at night, a tough situation gets tougher. It does. And, and you know, the lack of available truck parking has always been one of my soapbox issues, if you will, because it is such a core issue of how the men and women who deliver for us every day, that the challenge they face, it routinely ranks as a top issue on our top industry issue survey for drivers. And so now you think about drivers who now have to find parking and be able to charge their vehicle. And as I mentioned earlier, might take you 3.4 hours to charge that vehicle, but you have to stay parked, get your eight hours of rest. And so you're building up a queue of drivers behind you who need to get to that charger. And we know that all too often drivers are having to spend time or actually park in undesignated parking because there isn't enough available parking spaces. And so those are spaces where there's not going to be a charging opportunity for those drivers. And so, you know, again, they're faced with a real conundrum themselves. How do I get my vehicle charged if there's no available parking and no parking with a charger available? So we've only touched on a few of these things. I want you to kind of wrap this up for me in terms of what should we where is your big takeaway? What you know, we've we've explored some of this, but but where is the takeaway and what should we be? Uh, you know, uh, cognizant of because, you know, we've got predictions out there. We're going to have very slow growth, five, 10 truck orders at a time and electric trucks and that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden it's going to take off the famous hockey stick, if you will. Um, are we going to be able to make that work from what your research I, shows? Well, I, I think this study was a very important um, dose of reality, if you will. I think the industry is very committed to reducing its carbon footprint and and finding ways to Im, uh, reduce our impact on the environment. But the idea that we can, in, the, in an industry as large as the trucking industry, literally flip a switch and convert to fully battery electric, we, we have to face the realities. Um, the vehicles are expensive. The materials are sourced from a lot of places where we aren't necessarily friends with those countries. So there are geopolitical concerns. Um, There are truck parking challenges. There are cargo weight challenges. And so I think kudos to the Atri team who put this together. In those 65 pages, we go into great level of detail on all of those topics so that people can understand what we're talking about when we're talking about moving to a fully electrified vehicle fleet, yeah, we didn't we didn't hit on the on the, some of the material uh, things, and and those are also you know they're amazing numbers in terms of where these materials, whether it's uh, cobalt or nickel or magnesium or whatever it might be, uh, actually come from and how we get at them. But but you can you can see uh, right here cobalt, graphite, lithium, nickel. These are all things and what it would take, especially the bottom line, the total trucking demand and how many years it would take to produce this. This is something I've never seen before. And it really does call up some questions, doesn't it? It, it does. And, and again, I, I encourage your viewers to, to download the full report because it really does give all the, the background information on these very impactful tables so that you understand, again, what our industry is facing. 
Yeah. And I, again, I, you know, we, we almost skipped over that one. I didn't, that was a mistake on my part, but I, I'll tell you, I think that, you know, materials and chargers and time waiting in line and all the things you mentioned, it adds up to a lot and kind of makes you, makes you take a deep breath, doesn't it? Uh, you know, to, to where we're at. You, you mentioned the report, Rebecca, where can people get it? Um, and I, how can they download it? Absolutely. As with all of Atri's research, it's available as a free download from our website. Real easy to remember where to find us on the internet. We're at truckingresearch.org. And for those who would like a, just a little taste of this study without reading the full 65 pages, we also have a very comprehensive one-page summary that hits all the key points, um, sort of the cliff notes of the full report. Yes, that was where I started when we wrote this in December. I honestly have relied a little more on that than I did the full report, but I spent some more time with the report when we uh, you know, knew we were going to have you as a guest. Uh, Rebecca, this has been great. Thank you so much. Any final parting thoughts that you have for us before we uh, let you go? Alan, I just want to thank everyone who downloads Atri studies and, and pays attention to the work we do. It's, it's so gratifying to see um, how widely utilized our research is. And, and hopefully we are moving the needle in terms of advancing our mission, which is to improve the industry's safety and productivity. Yeah, well, that's great. Rebecca, thank you so much for being with us. Next week, folks, on the show, we will do, um, we're still in January, so I think it's fair to have a prediction show. We're going to have Sam Abel-Samid from Guidehouse Insights, and we're going to have Auntie Lindstrom from S&P uh, Global Mobility. Um, they're going to lay out what they see as the big issues, the big uh, the big stuff coming this year. We'll have a hopefully a good, robust discussion next week. Thank you all for being here. Take care. and. Truck Tech, uh, the printed version, is available this Friday. We'll be looking at, uh, quite honestly, a consolidation uh, theme this week. Uh, come back for that. It posts at 11 o'clock on Friday on uh, FreightWaves.com. And for those of you who would like it in your email, you can subscribe uh, under newsletters at FreightWaves. So thanks for being here. Have a great week. 